Welcome to You Must Chill, the weekly podcast on all things screen-free. My name is John Allen Turner, and my good friend, sitting across from me uh, with the suit and tie, you're always so Natalie dressed. Is it Natalie? Natalie? Nat? You're sharply dressed? You're a well-dressed? Natalie would be a reference to hair. No. If it's nappy. <clears throat> no, because the suit has a nap to it as well. Really? Yes. So uh, the fabric no, has a okay. nap. Okay. Well, Natalie is dressed. Natalie is Natalie the is, is, the... is the adjective. Okay, so Natalie, right. my Natalie dressed mm. friend, which is interesting because it's one of the adge- it's an adjective that has ly. Yes, which I remember my kids being confused because they thought adverbs right, but, are the uh, only no. ones that had ly. Yeah, but no, so... there's lots of adjectives as well. Anyway, that guy over there is Hal Edward Runkle. <laughs> Hal, how are you today? <laughs> I uh, I'm doing I'm doing well. You're dressed Natalie as well. Well, thank you. This I... is my. Uh... Uh, you know, I almost called it my birthday suit, but it's not. Well, it is but your birthday. Kind of is. I know. Today is Thank actually God. my birthday, and yes. uh, I got a new suit. Yes. So I'm wearing it. Yes. Well, well congratulations <laughs> to you. We get older, you don't, don't we? You don't look a day over 53. <laughs> Thank you, guys. That. that is so very no, kind. No one, very, very kind. No one would know you're 58 <laughs> years old today. I am no one 45 today. Uh, hey, whatever you need. My dad used to say he was 39 over and uh-huh, over again. So whatever uh-huh, you yeah, need yeah, to okay. say to yourself. Now, you uh, had a birthday great. recently, I did. and you turned... 43. 43. Yes. Which I told you, I was <laughs> explaining yesterday that... I, because my birthday was weird because I wasn't home. Right, right, right. Yeah, your birthday, you were in uh, Abilene, Texas. I was in West Texas, yes, yes, uh, by myself. Although you spent many birthdays in Abilene, Texas. I did. Because you went to school there, you were married there, you went to graduate school there. So I was surrounded by my family, but this was, so, uh, so I, I, there was no, you know, celebration or anything like that. And so I just, I didn't think about it that much. And, uh. In my mind, though, my wife pointed out to something, said, well, you know, you're uh, 43. It was in the midst of a conversation. And yeah. I said, I'm 42. No, you're 43. And that's the first time that's ever happened to me. I see that happen to other people. Sure, so, where they forget. How, wait, whatever. I, wait, you know? I am 42. And I yeah. always wonder, okay, is that just like a false pretense that they're putting forward? Yeah, like, you know, no, I'm so, no, actually, I have no self-consciousness. Because, so and, I'm, and that's one of the know, things, like events mm-hmm. mark the moment and, and serve as a kind of a reminder. Yes. Some you know something significant has changed. You are another year older. We call them in the old family therapy world nodal. Yes. N O D A L. So nodal events and a birthday and, party or a celebration of some yes. kind. Yes. serves as a nodal event. That's why we have them, but it's also people underestimate the power of them. Yes. Like birthdays like the first birthday since my father passed or sure. you know my dad's uh you know uh, or since a grieving or since since um since uh, a divorce yeah or my since, first uh, christmas without, without my, kids, my kids right that type yeah, of thing. Yes, yeah yeah those things that can be very very oh they'll hit, us in, the, moments. hit yeah. us in the face you know we were just not aware and so you know here you are and enjoying your 58th birthday <laughs> it makes perfect sense you know because you're that close to 60 yeah that, yeah makes perfect sense that i'm I would just go going by a suit is yes that, exactly is that what you're saying? well you got to pick one out that looks well, good with I the have, coffin so we're gonna need to wrap this up because i have dinner at denny's yes at, 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 at 4 30 about 3 30 <laughs> the, yep. the blue uh <laughs> the blue hair special man the, the aarp card yeah, is uh, waiting on me in the mailbox i'm sure one of my favorite seinfeld lines 
his his parents are like, well, look, we got to get these visiting his parents down in Florida, mm-hmm. right? That they moved down to Florida because uh, that's what you do. It, it, well, it's the law. Yeah, they're Jewish from New York, and it's the law, is what yeah. he said. <laughs> so he's visiting them, and they're well, you got to get out to stay. And he, he's well, you're gonna. He said, we're not going to eat, or eat right now. And he said, look, you're gonna save. Look, I'm not force feeding myself a steak at four thirty in order to save a couple of bucks. I don't have that one. <laughs> All right, so, so, so so there are these events. Yes. Uh, birthdays. Happy birthday, Thank by you. the way. I appreciate that. Yes. That's, that's very kind. Yes. Um, and uh, uh, birthdays serve as that. Um, ho- certain holidays can be that. New Year's Eve or uh, Christmas or, or, or Thanksgiving can be that. Uh, we just uh, last week had Valentine's Day. Yes. I know you're not a huge fan of, I celebrated uh, of Valentine's Day. For the first time I ever, it's though. it's two weeks ago now that, we, now that I think about it. Yes, it is two weeks ago. And remember, the last time we podcasted. Yeah, we were talking about uh, with the gonna... Fifty Shades of Grey and how yeah. that was going to tie into Valentine's Day. And I did not. Yeah, people flocked to see it. They sure did. Doubled the expectation of what they were going to see. So, But I did not partake of... I have not uh, seen it. I have not yeah. seen it. Either. I've heard... That it's terrible. Oh, like, like sure. not uh, re- remove the morality of yeah, you know yes. whatever, but just at, from a filmmaking perspective, I've heard it is just. Well, I've also heard from terrible. a filmmaking perspective, it's better than the book, which, which in terms is of quality, how, how, sure. what is that saying about sure, us? Sure. But we also had another major event here in the in sort of in the life cycle of our we organization. Did. We, we had we a did. big event Sunday night, uh, the night of the Academy Awards, where we. Hosted a, a live viewing of the Academy Awards. And it was our third annual big scream fundraising event here in Atlanta. And we use that event to raise money to fund these retreats that we do. Well, to fund our overall work with military couples, yeah. Right, yeah. and uh, which, which finds its sort of... Uh, like it, it's most easily seen, yes, in these retreats yes. that we do. These calm. calm and connected retreats. Yep. We've done two of them so far. We mm-hmm. have the third one sort of in the works. And uh, so, so uh, the the calm and connected retreat. We bring how many couples? It's usually twenty five to thirty military couples from around the country, and they have to submit an essay. They have to yeah. be nominated by someone. I mean, it's a it's a lengthy process that they go through, and yeah. it's one of the most difficult things we have to do is choose because we have so many people who want to come to these retreats. Sure, sure, and 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 I have been. Uh, blessed to be excused from that selection process. Oh yeah, we have a, a team of folks who do that. who do that because I I think you know the the therapist in me says yeah. well okay we gotta we gotta we let gotta, these people in you know we gotta see them all you know let's let's uh, sure. bring them on and heal them all but we we have to say goodbye to hundreds yep. and and uh, that can't come which and, is one of the reasons why we want to expand sure. that work we want to do more than one retreat per year we want to. Do these on a more regular yes. basis, and we want to be able to expand that because it's to totally more, and more couples. Right, it's totally free for them. Right, and they oftentimes it's the first time they've been able to get away as a couple. Exactly, and we do them at these very very nice retreat yep. centers that uh, that most military couples probably wouldn't be able to maybe do couldn't on their do budget. Yep. exactly, and, and uh, they get to come and spend uh, time listening to us mm-hmm. right uh, yeah. on stage, but also. They get to spend time with one of our counselors, which is great yep. for them. It's sort of a, a kickoff, you know, yes. for them to begin see what a counseling session would yep. look and feel like. But they also get resort credit to do whatever golf, they and went massage, zip lining and horseback yeah, riding. It was fantastic! And it was the amazing. Last one we did up at Lake the weather Lanier was Islands perfect in, and, uh, in October. So, 
So we, uh, this year, we did it on uh, Academy Awards night. We had a casino. We had... Yeah, this uh, event was... Uh, and and we have to say some big, big kudos oh, yeah. uh, to uh, uh, Tiffany Jenkins. Uh, did such a great job yes. putting the thing together. And, she, and yeah, Michelle really Breckbuehl, one of our board members uh, as Donna well. Donna Lang, Lang here, and, right, one yeah. of our staff. Um, and, and Courtney Bugler, uh, our director of development, they did such an amazing job. And we had some volunteers that, it was that black came together. Tie, oh, it was formal. It was, it was, we had red carpet. Yeah. It, it we had was, people, paparazzi and stuff. Yeah. And it, it, was, it was fantastic. Yep. It was great, and yeah. we raised a hundred and twenty forty three million dollars in raised, one yeah, night. A it bunch was of money, incredible. So uh, enough to host retreats, which was great. We, uh, it, it was exceeded our expectations. Yeah, we hope to use that money to to do certainly one, if not two. If retreats. not two, that'd be great. We'd like to be able to stretch that money. I to think do we two. may be able to do it. It'd be great. Um, and uh, and again, moving forward, we want to do this more and more often for more and more couples. So if you are listening and you did not receive an invitation, right, uh, write us in, you, you, hal at screenfree.com, john t john at, at, at screenfree.com, yeah. right, uh, let, us, let know. us know. If you want to jump in and you want to help you wanna fund find, that. Exactly. Or, you yeah. can always go, y'all can always go to uh, screenfree.org uh, and it's right there. Yeah, uh, on Donate, the website. you can sponsor a, uh, sponsor a soldier type deal, right, uh, that, to go to one of these retreats, but... Uh, it's an amazing time for them. They, and it's all tax deductible, uh, by the way, for because you, we're, we're a nonprofit organization. So. Absolutely, and these weekends are completely free to them. Now, this brings up kind of an interesting and maybe a delicate topic that I wanted to talk with you Uh-oh. about. Uh-oh. Because... Let me hold um, on. <clears throat> I know for a fact that one of the things you and I share in common mm. is uh, we both have a tremendous amount of respect for Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Yes. Uh, who was heavily influenced by Gandhi, yes. who was heavily influenced by Jesus. Yes. As in, well as um, to, Leo, Toist, Leo Tolstoy. Leo Tolstoy. Yes. I can't say Leo Tolstoy. I say Leoy. Leoy Tolstoy. Toy it's like saying toy boat. <laughs> Have you ever done that? Toy yes, boat, yes, toy yeah, boat, yeah, toy yeah. boat. Toy boat, toy boat. You can't yeah. do it. People it's use it. It's a bit of a tongue twister. Yes. Uh, so Tolstoy. All of these great men. Yes. Advocated nonviolent change. Yes, uh, passive resistance is what a lot of people refer to. Oh, it as, what I but think that's a terrible, a terrible term, term. Right, right, right. Because there's very little passive about it. Right. Uh, it's just uh, a refusal to answer violence with violence. Yes. And yet, we spend much of our time. Well, uh, let's do it more. Then it's not just an admiration of these people. Oh, right, right. So much of Scream Free is a development out of the same school of thought mm-hmm. and a, behavior, a continuation or an extension. Yes, of that it. if yeah. you actually want behavior to change in a system, whether it's uh, the, your marriage or your family, rather than responding in kind to what has been done to you, right? You have to rise above that, mm-hmm. and, and and instead of reacting, which right. is responding in kind. You are going to respond thoughtfully in a way that leads both you and the other person to a higher level of functioning. That's the only way change actually occurs. Yeah. Revenge can never do anything other than spur more revenge. Right. And, and so much of Scream Free, our emphasis on non-reactivity, is very, very similar, almost completely aligned with non-violence. 
Almost. And that is something you and I both feel deeply, uh, uh, philosophically, yes, uh, psychologically, and theologically. Both of us, you and I, have uh, seminary education. Yes. And multiple degrees. Yes. And both of us have ministry and uh, Christian teaching positions mm-hmm. in our in in our uh, tribes an occupational yeah. past yeah. as well yeah, yeah, yeah. right for both we've of us. done it vocationally yes b- before and you uh, extended did that much much longer than I did right yeah right but it still informs our work here now mm-hmm. we are not a christian organization no we uh but we so much of what we espouse at scream free is shaped by this education mm-hmm. and passion and we see it as uh, perfectly, uh, how would Compatible. you say? Yes, and perfectly, um, uh, I don't know, good Lord, I'm a wordsmith, and I'm fumbling <laughs> around the words. What you're to perfectly say, highlighted, perfectly uh, exemplified, illustrated, illustrated in, in the life and teachings of Jesus. Right, right. As he reported. personified and, and taught his followers that when someone hits you on the one cheek, you turn to them the right. other cheek, that that can be one of the most liberating uh, demonstrations of self-respect. Absolutely. It is and that it, it's not a submissive Oh, my gosh. It, it, it's only submissive in terms of being a strength. Right. It's not a submissive weakness. No. It's I'm choosing to do this because I can, because you do not have the power to make me submit to you. Right. You do not have that power over me. The idea of right. willingly going a second mile with someone. Yes. The idea of uh, uh, not just meeting the bare minimum of what is required of you, but right. going above and beyond that. And it is not returning evil for evil. Right. Because uh, the way, and this is so perfectly stated by Gandhi better than anybody else, that an eye for an eye eventually leaves the whole world blind. And what, a, what few people uh, realize is that that idea, an eye for an eye, which comes out of the Old Testament, what, what Christians would refer to as the Old Testament, the Hebrew, the Hebrew Bible, Bible yeah. um, was originally... What Jews refer to as the Bible. Yeah, exactly. Right. Was, was originally a, a limit on violence. Exactly. Because the way the world worked up until that point in time was, you know, if you poked out one of my eyes, I would poke out both of yours. And, and your then, sons. And then, then your family would come and kill me. Yeah. And then my tribe would go and murder your family. And then your village would come and, and it would escalate. And so, As it has. Yes. And that's the perfect explanation for any sort of tribal viol- uh, uh, violence that has escalated into national you, uh, violence. Look at which what, is, what happened in Rwanda. Rwanda, look at what happened. Yes. Yeah, I mean, so That's exactly what that is. And Rwanda was a perfect example of now they have this perfect time and opportunity to exact all the vengeance that they've been saving up over the years right. that had been building because of this lack of eye for an eye. Mm-hmm. Because it didn't stop there. Because it continued to escalate. Right. So the, the Hebrew God institutes a rule yes. where he says... This far and no farther. Yeah. Steals your sheep, you get to steal one back. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. If he pokes your eye out, you poke his eye out, you call it even Stevens, and that's it. Right. And 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 that was sort of a uh, a civil it had a civilizing effect on the world. And it it speaks to this inbred within us desire for justice. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, you have this thing in you that he is hits unexplainable. You, you hit and every kid has it. Yep. You see it, you know, your two year old, that's not fair because we all have this inborn sense of equanimity that it should happen between two parties, right? So that law is so pervasive. Like yes. it begins to infiltrate Just societies in- and people begin to think that is a great rule. If one if they poke out one of your eyes, you get to poke out one of their eyes and it's even Stevens and you're done. Right. It's interesting. And- There's so many battles right now about inequality, right? Yes. As there have been and as there should be continued conversations sure, whenever there is because we want that. We seek that. Equality between men and women, equality between races, right? Equality mm-hmm. for uh, sexual orientation, we, equality for so many other things. And we seek that out and no one is arguing for uh, inequality on the basis of they want inequality. No, no. You know, we all, uh, everybody's argument needs to be understood in that we're searching for equality. And that is another thing that, and I can't speak to what your seminary training was, but I know once I got into my postgraduate work, I was really heavily influenced by some teachers who are what, what are known as irenic theologians. Yes. An irenic theologian doesn't just seek to explain their perspective properly. They seek to explain another person's perspective to the satisfaction of that other person. Right. So even though I have never been a Roman Catholic, when I teach historical theology, for example, I try to the best of my ability to explain the Roman Catholic perspective to the satisfaction of a Roman Catholic theologian. Right, which is what we do a lot of times in counseling, Mm -hmm. is how well are you able to articulate your spouse's position on this? Right, without passing judgment on it, without saying, well, here's where she gets it wrong. Or just in your tone, without a mocking tone. Well, she probably thinks this or that or the other, and aren't you all glad that we're not Roman Catholic Because your ability, exactly, your ability to... (laughs) Perfectly, uh, well, yeah, yeah, as much as, as, possible, much as yeah. possible, articulate the other person's position will reflect your level of understanding and exactly. your level of care for that person. And this is where it gets difficult. Yeah. Because there are things going on in our world that are surprising. Yes, and no. I, I say no because, gosh, when, when you've seen so much. There's very little that is surprising. Well, and also when you've been taught as much history yes. as you and I have been taught, you know, we are incredibly blessed by parenting, and by the education, education that we received, the, and the, 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 the opportunity we've been able to yes, read, and the yes. people we've been able to be mentored by. And so, yeah, seeing that yesterday, what, 160 Christians yeah. were abducted. Yeah. For being Christian, well, and seeing right? the video of twenty-one, cop- were they Coptic Christians? Yeah, Coptic Christians taken in, in down Egypt to the, the and seashore being and beheaded. Yes, right. Uh, at some level, look, this, this stuff's been happening for millennia. Right. Seeing that fighter pilot burned alive, and yeah. everything inside of us rises up and demands justice. In the heat of the moment... Vengeance. Vengeance. That's what we want. We don't just want justice. Mm -hmm. We don't just want those people who are doing that act brought to justice. We want to bomb the whole place to glass. Mm -hmm. And, okay, so there's eye for an eye. Yeah. 
But then there's a when when vengeance is the baseline, then justice is a step beyond it, right? It, yes. Justice is an elevation. Well, justice when has justice, a justice has a measure of thoughtfulness sure. to it. When justice is the baseline, vengeance is pure reactivity. Then mercy Above. is the next step, right? And that is what I think we struggle with sometimes. How can we be merciful to people who are committing such acts of atrocity? Well, that's where the teachings of somebody like Jesus or Gandhi, uh-huh. right? Or Martin Luther King Martin Jr. Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, man, I mean, Jesus, uh, as he is reported to have said yes. um, by one of his followers, told people, your enemy is the person you should be praying for. Yep willing to die for. And there is a special measure of blessing that you receive when you are treat, mistreated right. by those other people. But I'm, I, I, I actually, um, I still uh, preach in churches every once in a while, right? yep. and I'm honored to do so. And um, last year I, I uh, attempted <laughs> oh boy. to lead a congregation... <laughs> Uh, uh, to at least quest, uh, to at least entertain the possibility of uh, praying for ISIS. Yes, and I wrote a book last year mm-hmm. um, called uh, "Crazy Stories, Sane God," mm-hmm. and in one of the chapters, I compared the Apostle Paul to Osama bin Laden. Mm. Yes, and I talked about how. When we received the news that Osama bin Laden was dead, SEAL yes. Team 6 had done its job, done its work, and, and the, uh, the menace to our society had been eradicated from the face of the earth, and everybody around me cheered, hooray, huzzah. And, and, well, and, and let's be clear. Yes. Right? A huge part of me did as well. Yeah. A huge part of me did. And this is what I was going to get at. I, w- I felt conflicted. Yes. I had mixed feelings. I feel weird cheering for anyone's, about anyone's death. Death, right? Because as long as that person has breath in their body, I sincerely believe that person has the ability to change. I do. I sense the good in you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. But I, I tried to get people Darth in, Vader. in, in I, this, uh, uh, in this, I in the sense, chapter in this book. I, I sense the conflict. <laughs> Right? There is good within you. I tried to get people to imagine, what if, instead of killing him, they had captured him, and they bring him back? Now, I know this never would have happened, because just society would not have allowed it. But, sure. So they, they, uh, he's three days in darkness, and he has no food and no right. water, right. and during the course of that time, he has an epiphany. He mm-hmm. has a revelation. He mm-hmm. realizes, I've been doing this wrong the whole time, and when he gets to the United States, he recants... And he says, uh, th- this wasn't uh, what I wanted. Um, in fact, I want to become a U.S. citizen. Right. And then imagine the U.S. government allowing that. Sure. It's ridiculous, right? There's it no is. way anybody could ever it imagine It is this. ridiculous, yes. But he becomes a U.S. citizen, and he serves his time, and he gets out, and he, he runs for mayor of Detroit. Yeah. And he wins, and he turns Detroit around economically and... Politically, and he becomes a consultant, and he is a spokesman around the world for truth and justice and mm-hmm. the American way and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous, right? Mm-hmm. That is exactly the story of the Apostle Paul. 
In the Christian New Testament, yeah. Yeah, that here was a guy who ran around menacing these followers of Jesus and seeking to not just uh, get them to stop, but to kill them. Yeah, he was... He was Breathing he was... murder and violence sure. towards them. And then he has this epiphany, and he goes through this three-day whatever conversion process, mm-hmm. comes out and becomes the greatest spokesman for that faith system they had ever seen. Yes. And people allowed that. Like, how ridiculous would it be for someone to say, well, hey, you know who very... we're having speak at the men's breakfast next week sure. is the Apostle Paul. Paul, that guy killed my brother. Exactly. What's interesting is that is what's happening in Rwanda. Yes. Rwanda is this amazing story of the power of nonviolence. And I know that sounds crazy because you're talking about a million people killed in a matter of weeks. Right. Right? Through horrible, horrible stories, right? But what happened in Rwanda was that they were faced with, if we were going to pursue equal justice for everyone who committed all of the crimes... Then who's left? What you were going to do was orphanize... Yeah. ...millions of kids... How can that be a good thing? Because you're going to incarcerate or execute all of their parents. How is that a path forward for our whole country? Right. Well, people say... That decimates our economy, that decimates our educational system. It sets you back decades at the least. So, but people are saying, but what what are you going to do? Right? Well, they looked to another country Mm -hmm. that had tried to do this, and it was in South Africa that had these truth and reconciliation hearings. Yes. You know? And Bishop Desmond Tutu, everybody remembers, right? Remarkable and Nelson man. Mandela, yes. another, and they were or they are also in this line mm-hmm. with Yes. With Gandhi, Gandhi and, right, and, right. Uh, and Martin Luther King Jr. and right. Jesus. Trying to rise above what was done to them in order to lead everyone to a better place. Right. And that's what they were trying to do. And uh, but the problem was they they South Africa didn't go far enough in clearly naming mm. people's sins sin or, or crimes, yeah, if, if you will, or whatever. Yes, yes. Right. And so Rwanda, what they have done uh, is they have had these incredible justice hearings mm. where you are not just going to be excused, you're going to be forgiven. Which is different. Because you're going to have a public trial, and it's going to be clearly identified who did what. And it's going to be in public. Mm -hmm. And if you will confess, then you can be forgiven. That's the amazing thing. Right. And and it's such a huge, huge difference than you apologize to your kid because you yelled at them and they say it's okay and you say thanks. Which no. is, you know, going back to one of the things that we said earlier, um, the the Jewish people have it have a, a nodal event in their calendar. Yes. Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, where the entire people acknowledge... Their, their wrongdoings for the previous year, so that they can receive forgiveness. Right, not excusal. No, 
No, no, no, no, no. Right. Forgiveness. And which, that's different. Which means an excuse is, yeah, it's okay. I, you know, I get it. You weren't doing mm-hmm. you weren't doing it on purpose, and so I'm going to try and excuse you well, from. We'll just pretend like it didn't happen. Right. And uh, no, no, it did happen. Yeah. And it hurt me, and I'm choosing to take you off the hook for it. Yes. Which is mercy. Where's off the hook come from? I guess from fishing. Is it? Yeah. So you, uh, from uh, line fishing as opposed to net fishing, you yeah. would, would catch a fish, but then you, that fish is dangling at the end of the string, right, at the end right. of that hook. So when you pull that hook out, now you are able to set that fish free. You're off the hook. That would be my guess. I thought it was something about um, meat hanging or something, but it was... I thought there well, was maybe. some cool story. Somebody needs to write in and say, okay, where, where yeah. did we get if that out off there, the hook? But it's a choosing. I'm, I'm taking it off, right? Yeah. Uh, even you're though you're dangling at the end of this fishing right. line. Even though you deserve to be on it, yeah. I'm taking you off it because I'm choosing not to hold this against you anymore. Right. That's the difficult part of forgiveness. R- that, yes. I'm choosing to never bring it up. Yep. To never hold it. And if you do the same thing again, I'm not going to. Right. Rue the day I forgave you in the first this place. This is the sec- second time. I'm going to start going to, yeah. over. This is yeah. the, the revolutionary part of all of this. And each time is, is new. new. Is new. And that's uh, so remarkably difficult when you see such atrocities. Yes. You know, it's um, it really leads me to challenge our... Perspective at, at Scream Free. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's going again. Going back to we serve military and so right. much. So and we serve other populations as well. But oh, so course. much of what we do right. is with military families. Right. And what I, uh, what helps me, because I've been challenged. Because years years ago, I used to be a very hardened pacifist. Yes. Because of my particular theological right. leanings and fascination with the people that we've already described, right? And I was very much in the what is known as the just war camp. That's from a from a, a theologian from hundreds and hundreds of years ago named Augustine um and Augustine sort of outlined very clearly the rules mm-hmm. of what a just war looked like. Sure. And under these circumstances, if yes. they made them perfectly, then, they do this, then, then so, Christians so can go and fight. Yeah, and, exactly. And oftentimes, it was his World War II right. is, is used as a perfect yes. example of You have a clear that. national evil yes. that needs to be eradicated, needs to be stopped, right? And it matches mm-hmm. all the things, and in and, and so many ways it does fit that criteria, yes. for sure. And certainly the current going against looks to. Yeah. Going against uh, Afghanistan for harboring Al Qaeda that that did nine eleven mm-hmm. right now yes. the reason why we have difficulties with Iraq is it didn't seem to fit that yeah right that was, it was a little looked well, like a going, little vengeance or and a going little, after yeah. and based on bad intelligence too yes. going after yeah, WMDs sure. that weren't there but yes uh, there we always have to tease out what our motivations are what I as I grow. Older, I mean, not nearly as old as you. Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, but as you're, I grew, you're all of two years younger than me. Again, and those two whatever years. Whatever you need to tell yourself, right, what, right. Mr. White. It's not the age; it's the mileage. Mr. Whitehair. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Badback. Yes. <laughs> Do we want to continue this? 
Uh, life or an eye thing? Because uh, uh, I, I think it's I think it's going to escalate. It's going to escalate here in a hurry. We're going to be a, we're going to be punching <laughs> each other on the podcast. Your son is going to be in here. My daughter is going to be in here. And oh all man, my people are going to come. Your people, my people. Mm-hmm. Hey, I got mm-hmm. Latino people you back do. here. You do. I got a whole posse. Well, I got that whole German <laughs> evil thing, though. If you want, <laughs> we want to go way back. So the uh, Germans uh, and yes. the Mexicans. Yeah. So there's no no drinking will be involved there. No, of course not. <laughs> hey, maybe that's how it ends. Maybe. Just a nice beer and a, tequila yeah, fest. Yeah, seriously. Right? Yeah, seriously. A lot of bar songs. Yes, and, yeah, uh, yeah. Cinco de October. <laughs> Uh, sounds sounds good. October Fest, yeah. <laughs> that's always going to be the way to end it. You of know? course, yeah, that's of that's course. that's even better than than MLK's way. <laughs> Let's just drink ourselves into friendship. That's the path right there, man. Why didn't we think yeah, of this sooner? Exactly, but it doesn't work. Didn't work in Ireland. So if it's well, not going to work in Ireland, it's not going to work anywhere. throughout all of Europe right. for the Middle Ages. Yeah. All of Europe was. I, I was in Germany in in uh, last Heidelberg year. Yeah. last year, and that was the the tour guide who was walking us through the the castle up there at Heidelberg. Yeah. Yeah. Basically said. Europe was essentially drunk for 300 years, <laughs> and they were all related to one another. So if you've ever been drunk at your Thanksgiving Day table, yeah. you know what happens. That's why everyone fought all the time. That's great. That's great. And why you have all these tribes. Uh-huh. Yeah. With their all different flags and everything. So, so back to this. Do, yes. we have, you know, do we have conflict about Scream Free? This message of non-reactivity, supporting military, who their their entire existence is to uh, uh, mobilize mm-hmm. and, and uh, as efficiently as possible physical force mm-hmm. in to provide for the common defense. Yes, right. Using militaristic, oftentimes violent, oftentimes lethal, violent means. Right. Even to the point of doing doing things, as we're learning, mm-hmm. doing things that we only thought other nations did. Yes. In the name of sure. providing for the common defense. Sure. Right? Here's what I want people to clearly know is, is uh, look, the only thing that I outrightly, uh, I guess, refuse to participate in is, is certainty. In this regard, that is key. Yeah, that that people say. Uh, I, I'm, so, am I a pacifist? No, because I will tell you, if I know myself as mm-hmm. well as as well as I can, uh, I'm I'm going to use violence uh, to defend somebody attacking my family. Sure. Now you can argue whether or not that's a pacifist stance. I can tell you, a pacifist well, stance would not do that. This right? is what I think is important to remember. It's a spectrum. Yes. It, they're not fixed positions. Right. It's not binary. Is your passivism on or off? There is a spectrum. Right. And there have been some people, advocates throughout history. I think Gandhi was one. He would not uh, have uh, personally uh, who, defended right, himself. Right, right. He, he was far out at that, at that extreme, close to the pole. Sure. Right? And then there are other people on the other side who are so aggressive that they will attack... Preemptively. Right. And they're far out on that end of the spectrum. 
most of us fall somewhere. Oh, sure. And, and, and we vary throughout the thing. What I don't like is the certainty of anyone's position, because here's what scares me. Certainty probably scare, in people is one of the things that scares me more than anything, is that I am absolutely dead certain about this. Yeah. You know, now, if you've come to that position about something great, I want to hear what's the wrestling process that you've gone through over mm-hmm. years and years with personal experiences and friendships on the line. People who don't get have to that. doubts about big, heavy issues. They, they scare me. Yeah. It, it's like, it, it's like um, what, and take it whatever it is, right? Uh, that, uh, um, and, and this can be in racial, re- race relations. It, it can be in the homosexuality conversation. Mm-hmm. It can be if, with, if you... With uh, gender. Right. So tell things. me about the personal relationships on the mm-hmm. line. Tell me about your experiences. Tell me about your struggle to come to that certain position. Because here's why, is ultimately... Uh, conflict between people begins in conflict within people. Say that again, because so that's important. The, the conflict between us has its beginning in the conflict within each of us, that I have conflict going on within me, and I don't have the wherewithal, the vocabulary, the, the maturity the, to enable to figure out how to handle and manage that conflict that goes on within me. Mm. And so I just project it onto the conflict within us. So whatever position I may not like, I'm going to post you as holding that position. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the problem with demonizing people like that right. is it's dishonest. Right. It refuses to see any good qualities in the other person whatsoever. Yeah. In, in therapeutically, we call it splitting, yes. where you are either all good or yes. all bad or all on my side or all against me. And we kind of, I mean, we, we've had to do that. I'm putting a little air quotes around had to. Uh, historically, in times of war, we had to make all Japanese people all bad all the time. Exactly. We had to make all German people all bad all the time. Yep. And because that's how we got to sleep at night. And imagine that's how we were okay with bombing and killing civilians. Tutus, you know, in, in Rwanda. Yeah, uh, Tutsis. I mean, and, Tutsis. Yeah. And, and, I mean, it, you Tutus. Good God, I yeah. so apologize well, to it, everyone. Desmond Tutu. Yeah, you, you were talking oh, about him earlier, and so that was that was, was on probably the surface of, of your brain. So. Ballet, I think, is a is ballerina. Well, so okay, I'm an, you're I'm wearing an a idiot. Pink shirt. I'm an idiot. Uh, oh, uh, I apologize. So. so uh, uh, we we demonize the other. We make them completely other. Yes, and we exactly. fail to recognize any commonalities. What was the the song, the Sting song, sort of towards the end of the Cold War? Do the Russians love their children? Right. Because uh, if we acknowledge that Russian parents love their children, yeah, then that means we share some common humanness. And can we concentrate on those areas of commonality? Which is one of the things I think we want to do at Scream Free. Uh, but it, I don't want to ever believe uh, people to believe that we think this is easy. No. no this is this the is, hardest yeah. work there is. But it's the only path forward to, I think, handling conflict long-term. Now, we think, all right, conflict short-term... Let's send more troops. Let's bomb. Let's do this, right? And and that I think that's just it's intellectually dishonest to assume that that is going to create a long term solution. Because here's what here's the the irony of it. We in dealing with ISIS, you're dealing with a leaderless organization, right? 
the downfall of Al-Qaeda was that it had bin Laden. That it had a point person. And all of these high, all of these hierarchical figures. It, it, there's a great book called The Leaderless Organization, and mm-hmm. it's, it's about the success of organizations like AA, which has no identified leader, no hierarchy, no headquarters that you can and yep. get quotes from or anything, right? Well, ISIS... Which, again, it was one of the reasons why uh, Judaism has survived all these years. Right. You don't have a... <clears throat> one of the reasons why Christianity got out of the Roman Empire in the first century. Right. Because there was no... Like, if we take out the Apostle Paul, then the whole thing collapses. Sure. Or if we take out Peter, then the whole thing collapses. If you take out the Pope, the whole thing collapses. That hasn't ever been the case. True. For these organizations that have lasted millennia. And so we can't... And, and, so the question is, what do we do about the what's going on with ISIS? Okay, is military action needed? Yeah, there are people... Uh, yeah. I, I, there, there are people in danger, physical danger, right? People who being abducted. Cannot, people cannot who do, cannot protect themselves. themselves right. that's, and again, that's part of that just war sure. theory is... When there is someone who is being oppressed, right, who cannot protect themselves, then the the strong people step in yeah. and intervene on their behalf. The difficulty is uh, until when, because right. until we're none both of, blind to use Gandhi's line, because none of that is going to stop the most insidious part of this whole thing is that. Teenagers are voluntarily traveling to Syria across the globe to yeah. join up. What is that? And every time any uh, Egyptian, mm-hmm. right, or, or American bomb explodes, explodes, they use that as propaganda, a recruiting exactly. Tool. There's nine. I, I saw there's ninety thousand tweets a day coming from people associated with ISIS. In, in in efforts to attract, because they are identifying young people as the people who are being attacked, right? And and it's it, here's where where I, I I take solace is that I I'm not a protection pro, uh, a practitioner of nonviolence. Right. Scream free is not nonviolence. We're non-reactivity, which is different. It's very different because. Uh, it, to invent a, invent a term, we are about responsivity. As opposed to reactivity. Right. Responsivity. Reactive meaning... is uh, uh, instinctive or uh, uh, a knee-jerk. Exactly. It's unthoughtful. It's impulsive. Yes. Um, response is thoughtful and intentional, and it has a desired end in mind. Yes. And so in that regard, it almost it's like the purest of martial arts. Right. Right. Doesn't mean I'm not going to use violence, but right. I'm going to do it incredibly thoughtfully. The difference between punishment and discipline. Yeah. Punishment is punitive and it's backwards facing. Right. And discipline is forwards instructive. facing. It's instructive. It it has a desired end in mind. I'm disciplining you towards something right. as opposed to punishing you away from something. I remember Gandhi being asked once about Hitler, and someone challenging, an American journalist challenging him, you seriously believe your tactics are against Hitler? And and he paused, right? He wrestled with it. I think he would about ISIS. Yeah. You know? I, I think he would. Now, I think he would be stronger than me. Mm-hmm. I think he would say, 
Um, yes, it will work, but not without unbelievable cost. Well, and you know, Gandhi was once asked, you know, would you, uh, would you not kill? Right. For you know that story that you love to tell mm-hmm. so much. Yeah, he said, "Look, uh, for this I am willing to die, but there is no cause for which I'm willing to kill, because I wouldn't want to live with myself after I did that. It, it's because I don't see it as an end. It and never ends." All of this, to go back to what you were saying about certainty, regardless of the issue, whether it is about the the use of military force or homosexuality or gender roles or uh, any of those kinds of things, it's important for us to remember we didn't create these opinions in a vacuum. Right. None of us did. And none of us is privy to total certainty and objectivity. We were all shaped by where we grew up, when we grew up, by the teachers we had, by the books that we read. I saw somebody say, you know, we talk about the lenses that we put on, Uh but physiologically, we are shaped by the lenses that are in our cornea, that that are unique and different, even how we see things. Each one of us literally sees things from a different perspective through through a different lens. And for me, this is something that I've recently had some struggles with with some very close friends of mine. I'm less concerned with where a person lands than I am with how they got there. Yes. What is the thought process by which you arrived at this conclusion? Because I think keeping that open mind and being able to try to the best of your ability to explain the other person's perspective to their satisfaction keeps you out of that kind of rigidity that leads you to do things you ultimately regret. Well, and also that just spurs further reaction from the other side. Right. I mean, as you bring it home like we normally do to the relationships that matter most, mm-hmm. you know what? Your efforts to fully understand your child's point of view. Or your significant other's right. point of view. Fully understand it without judgment. That's key. Like... I'm going to host a play, and I've got to play my teenage daughter. Mm-hmm. I remember we used to do this really cool thing in graduate school where you had, it's, it's called reflecting rooms, mm-hmm. where you had a two-way mirror. And so an actual client family would be in one room with their therapist. And then a group of us other therapists would be watching for half the session behind the mirror. Mm-hmm. And then they would flip the light switch so the fam- the real family in therapy would then be able to see into us. Okay. And we would act out what we saw in that family, mm. like a typical family dinner based on what we had observed. Wow. And so each of us would pick a role. Yeah. And it very... The success of it is so largely determined by how well can you occupy that role. I, 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 a lot of times, I, I mastered the teenager. I, I was the I was the teenage kid, right, right with the the sure yeah, yeah. The slacker yeah. teenager or whatever but or whatever thing. you know because I was an actor for a long time yeah before before I got into this line of work I, right I, and one of the keys to effective por- portrayal is you can never pass judgment on your character ever ever because then you're not going to be believable as exactly. that character and that character is not acting in a way that is 
conti- continually in judgment of himself. Right. That no one is working that way all the time, no. right? So you have to be able to fully empathize. And so the efforts that we will eventually, and this is going to sound ridiculous, this is crazy, <laughs> right? Just like sure. your, your yeah, yeah, statement yeah. about Osama bin Laden running yeah, yeah, for yeah. president, uh, whatever. Right. Yeah, it's, Never happened. It's so stupid. But how much are we working to identify ourselves understanding something like ISIS, yeah. ISIL, whatever they want to call themselves, or whatever we want to call them. Because to, to one of the best acting pieces of advice I ever got from an acting coach was, mm-hmm. John, it's important for you to remember that anyone will do anything at any given time if the stakes are high enough. With enough motivation. And if the stakes are high enough. So what... What is motivate? What's prompting them to do this? So, if you want to attract your daughter, mm-hmm. you're living in Scotland. You're a Muslim, well-to-do Muslim family, and you're wanting to attract your daughter to your family. Uh-huh. You've got to understand what is attracting her to that. Mm. Yeah, I've got to understand it without judgment. That's the key. What is she genuinely searching for? Like we, I think, tried to do with Fifty Shades of Grey, and I, and I don't know if we did a great job. I went back and listened to the podcast. We have it so much hint of judgment as yeah, we talk yeah, about yeah, it, yeah. and yet 100 million women, yep. ate, you know, and scores of packed theaters still, Everywhere right? around the country, around I've the got world. to be able to understand it without judgment in order to have an authentic conversation to hopefully have some sort of influence. But here's the problem. If I'm wanting to have an influence without that position having any influence on me it'll never happen it'll never happen if i if i'm wanting to change my spouse without wanting to be changed by her mm-hmm. we're just going to be hardened in our own respective positions this is the, this is the only path forward but it's just so freaking hard <laughs> right yeah and it requires so much emotional maturity on our part that I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> well, okay, it's good because we're right at time. So, good. Uh, thanks for listening to You Must Chill, the weekly podcast on all things Screen Freak. Two guys trying to figure out how to calm themselves down so that we can grow up, so that we can get closer to the people who matter most. We'll talk to you more next week. Can we have more fun next time? Uh, yeah, let's pick something fun to talk about. Yeah.